God has given me the tongue of the Lord that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Don't sit down yet. <laughs> Just go around a little bit. Shake hands with those, especially those you don't know. Go around, shake hands with somebody before you go back to your seat. And I'm going to shake Jessica here. Get a hug. <laughs> Now, don't overdo it. Go back to your seat. <laughs> Amen. Please be seated. Yes, I want you to sit down now. <laughs> I'm so grateful to God um, for what God is doing. Uh, next Saturday, we want to meet you at 9.30 before we go, so come back here and meet. Uh, but I'm very grateful to God for what God is doing and uh, the quality of people that He's sending our way for the ministry of our church. I'm very grateful to God. Last Sunday, we were not here. We were on vacation. And uh, my good friend here, uh, Dwight, you did a fantastic job. My wife and I, yes. My wife and I listened to it last night, and we were very pleased. Thank you, Lord, for it. We thank God for what he's done through you. Amen. It's funny because uh, I think I sent a three, so about uh, 15, uh, just list of uh, things that God was sharing with me uh, to, to preach on. And uh, one of them was what? Just title, not the, the message itself, just the title. One of the titles was what he preached Sunday. And so I, I listened to that and I said, I'm not preaching on that anymore. He did such a good job. We don't go in there anymore. But uh, that was wonderful. We thank God. And in continuation this morning, I want to speak on uh, a message that I titled, Overcoming Bitterness. Overcoming Bitterness. Uh, if you have never been offended before in your life, uh, just wait a little, and you will be offended. <laughs> Offense is a part of life. You will be. Everyone is going to be offended someday, sometime. Sometimes, several times in a day. You're going to be offended. It's a part of life. Offense is a part of life. And Jesus actually told us this. You can read in Luke 17, I believe verse 1, Jesus says it's impossible that offense will not come. 
It's just impossible. But it says, woe to the one through whom offense comes. But you just cannot live life without being offended. Somebody is going to offend you. It's a part of life. God's already told us that. So expect it. The problem is what you do with the offense. That's the real issue. How do you handle the offense? Because it's coming your way. You are going to be offended. Somebody is going to offend you. Offense is not, I mean, you can take an offense or you can refuse to accept the offense. Offense comes to us almost like a package. Not a good package. But it's delivered to you. You can sign for it and accept it. And that's a mistake. But when the package is given to you, you can say, "Mm -mm, I forgive, you you can have it back. I'm not accepting this package. But once you have accepted that package, as you open that package, what's going to come after you, come out of that package, is not truly a blessing. It's something that's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy. Before long, you're holding a grudge. That's the first thing. And then there is bitterness. And then there is a desire for revenge. And many times we take the offense thinking, thinking, this is my way of showing the person that I'm mad. You're not hurting them. It's like somebody said to me, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And if they don't die in time... You drink more poison and expect them to die. It's not going to happen. Now, if you hold a grudge, what's really happening to you then is that you have accepted a silent killer. A silent killer. You'll be doing so well, rejoicing. How are you doing this morning? Fine, and you're happy and talking until somebody mentions the, ma- the name of the person that's offended you. And then all of a sudden, this thing begins to rise. Now, the Bible tells us, in, I believe in uh, uh, Acts chapter 8, that bitterness is poison. Read it in King James. Acts chapter 8, verse 23. Bitterness is poison. And so when you accept bitterness, you're poisoning yourself. When you refuse to forgive, you're poisoning yourself. It's easy to accept bitterness when it's somebody that's really close to you. You don't care too much about what others do. Is the ones that you expect so much from, when they disappoint you, back to the message, and when they've done something to hurt you, it's hard to let go. They know better, you see. And so I'm going to hold this poison to hurt them. But you're not hurting them. You're hurting yourself. It's a silent killer. 
the only time you feel it is either you see that person or the person's name is mentioned. You know what I did this morning? I made you to go around, you know, <laughs> shaking hands. And, and you know, God, and I'm coming to it, God uses offense to build character in you. We're coming to that. Because God knows it will come. He already warned us. Offense will come. It will. It's a part of life. But God didn't design it to destroy you. He designed it to build you up. We're coming to that. But it's easier to hold offense when it's coming from people that are close to you. Because God placed them in your lives <laughs> uh, to work on you. To remove the chips and all of that stuff. To refine you. Me as through fire. Sometimes. If you don't understand it, you stay with it and it will destroy you. And destroy everything in your life. It will. Today, a lot of people are suffering from the bitterness that came out of divorce. They haven't forgotten, they haven't dealt with the bitterness from the first divorce. They meet somebody else and they think, I'm in love. And they get married. Because that bitterness is not gone, you're married, to, if you're a woman, you're married to a man, it will act like a man. One day he's going to do something that reminds you of the one that you don't want to hear about. And guess what? That poison rises up again. And then what's happening? This poison is going to destroy the next marriage. That's what this is all about. You've got to take care of it. It's a silent killer. It hurts you more than the person that's hurt you. But today we're talking about how to deal with it and overcome bitterness. Maybe you were abused by a family member. Maybe you haven't dealt with the, the hurt. Maybe there's somebody that's trying to uh, uh, undercut you. Maybe you're pl at your place of work and could make you lose your job. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be them doing something against you. You were expecting promotion because you thought you were the best employee in the place. And then all of a sudden, they promoted the guy next to you. And it wasn't you. He had nothing to do with it or she had nothing to do with it. But you are mad at the person uh, uh, for being promoted and they are not even aware of it. There are different ways that we can get offended. Now, offense will affect you in three major ways. First, it will aff affect you physically. Secondly, it will affect you mentally and emotionally. And this is by research. I mean, through research. This research is as good as the effect of smoking on a person. That's what we're looking at. Bitterness, what it would do. It's as good as that research. You smoke, you know what's coming after. If you smoked for a long time, you know what's coming after that. Death is as good as that. It will affect you, first I said physically, it will also affect you 
mentally and emotionally, and it will affect you spiritually. All of this. Now, I want to go first to deal with the physical part of it. Physically, you will suffer hormonal imbalance. Basically, your body, have you heard this? People who are bitter, get sick. Bitterness will cause you to be sick. So when you have bitterness, your glands don't function normally. And we'll talk about why that is. The reason is you are in a lot of stress when you are bitter. And so your hormones, your glands, they're trying to compensate and they're shooting out hormones that you don't really need normally. And then what happens? You're having symptoms that no one can tell what's going on with you. And symptoms of disease because of bitterness. And that even happens to Dickens. They're Dickens in the church, but they're bitter. And they get sick. Secondly, you have weakened immune system. What scientists call immunosuppression. Your immune system becomes suppressed. And the reason for that is the stress of bitterness. They heighten your susceptibility to sickness and disease. I've worked in the area of cancer before at the medical center. One of the things that we were studying, what I did study, was to see how we can boost the immune system so that your body can actually fight disease. Because you have cancer, the reason you have cancer is your immune system is weakened and they don't recognize a foreign cell. They think, and they're happy with this cancer or so. Whereas if everything was fine, they'll fight it. But now your immune system is depressed or weakened and they accept the cancer cell as part of your body and the cancer cell continues to grow until it destroys you. Bitterness will weaken your immune system. You're hurting yourself more than you're hurting the other person. Thirdly, that's in the physical area, it will diminish your comeliness. Comeliness means the way you look, the way you appear. You have a lot of sleepless nights, bitter, thinking about what's happened to you, how you can get back. Sometimes people are praying, God, kill him. Kill him. And sometimes it's like, when you see them happy, God, I can't understand why they're happy. They should be sad because of what they did to me. God says, I'm not going to kill them. The poison is actually destroying you. Before long, because you are not sleeping much, it shows in your eyes and also in your facial features. That's what scientists are telling us. That it will actually affect how you look. It will actually affect that. Then the second part is your mental and emotional part. That's the mental and emotional consequences of sickness and disease. I mean of uh, bitterness. 
First, depression. Depression. It takes a lot of emotional energy to maintain a grudge. It takes a lot of emotional energy to maintain a grudge because you're constantly thinking about it. You're constantly, especially if the person is right before your face and you can see the person constantly, you can let go. It's always there. And when you exhaust your emotional, emotional energy, then you get depressed. The next part of it, the second part, is stress. Hating and holding bitterness against someone produces stress hormones. That's what the scientists are saying. They produce stress hormones in the body. You become worn out. And you are not able to focus and cope with life challenges. Because you're bitter. He's consumed your life. I'm believing God this morning for healing for everyone who has been offended and you're still holding it there. Again, like I said, you're not even aware it's there until the person's name is mentioned or until you see the person. That's when you realize because something begins to rise up inside of you. As soon as you see the person or they're saying something about the person, it's never there. That's why it's a silent killer because until... That happens, you're not aware it's there, and you can always excuse it. The third part of it is destructive emotional focus. What I call destructive emotional focus. What this is, is you're thinking so much of this person, it's constantly, the person is, the one who's hurt you. You're constantly seeing the person's face. You're constantly thinking about what they did to you and how they did it to you. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is it. So what happens then? You become like the person that offended you. You do the same thing that the person that offended you did. You see it all over. People who have been abused, what do they do? They hurt other people. They abuse other people. Hurt people hurt people. The reason is because the one who is hurt is not willing to let go of the hurt so that they can be healed. And so it hurts them emotionally. And that's very destructive. Spiritually, we got three things as well. And then we'll go on to how to handle this because it's really important. How to handle somebody that's offended you. Maybe as a, as a, a, a young uh, woman or boy, somebody abused you sexually and it's very painful. Or maybe verbally. How do you handle it? A husband, an ex-husband. How do you handle it? We need to be free from those things. Spiritually, first thing is an inability to love God. You want to love God, but you don't, you don't feel like you can. Because of this one thing in your life, and I'll show you why that is, you, you, you like to really get close to God, but it's not there. You don't even know how to. 
There is an inability. You were created with an ability to love God. Everyone is. If you cannot love God, there is a reason why you are not able to love God. If you cannot embrace the God that created you, there is a reason why you are not able to embrace Him. While others are enjoying Him, you are not able to. There's something wrong. And it could be bitterness. It could be something that somebody has done to you in the past and you have not let go. But you are not aware of it because the person is not around. God have mercy on us to remind us this is what's going on. Deal with it and you have your freedom. You have your freedom. There is an inability to love God. Look at this scripture, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. It says, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brothers, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So if you can't love because of offense, you can't love God. That's a brother. You need, he needs forgiveness. You release yourself so that you can be free to love God. That's why Jesus taught us so much about forgiveness. Because you are binding yourself instead of binding the other person. You're hurting yourself more. You want to love God. You want to go to heaven. But you can't understand the message. You can't pray very much. All of it is because there is bitterness in your heart. And the, 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 the craziest thing about it, you're not even aware that this is what's holding you back. That's why I called it the silent killer. A silent killer. It's like cancer. It's killing you, but you're not even aware it's there. And by the time you're aware that it's there, it's almost too late. May it never be too late for anyone here this morning in Jesus' name. We can deal with it. No matter who has offended you, you can forgive. You can let go. And God will give you the grace this morning to forgive and to let go. You have somebody in focus in your mind, you can let go. You can release them. And we're going to talk about how to deal with that. Secondly, there will be doubts with regards to your relationship with God. You're always doubting. You're not sure if God truly loves you. If God truly cares for you. God cares for everyone. Everyone is special to God. Some people know it and others are still struggling with it. Some people know whatever they ask from God. God's in my life. God's going to take care of me. God's good God. They are aware of it. But when bitterness comes in, it's hard to be aware of it. Hard to be aware of it. And the craziest thing I need to go there is Satan won't let you know that this is the problem. And I've seen situations where people spiritualize it. They spiritualize it. They think, and 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 this thing also is like cancer. It spreads. It spreads. It doesn't stop. Have you met people who are really grouchy? They're still Christians, great grouchy everywhere you go. They're always mad about something. And everybody wants to stay away from them. Please. Doubts about your relationship with God. It's hard to have faith. You need somebody to help. And the reason for that, look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, 
neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, God's not going to be yelling, I have forgiven your trespasses. You just don't feel like God there in your life. It's a doubt about your relationship with him. He's not telling you anything. But you are refusing, and now you don't feel like you have a relationship with him. It's nothing there to you. And you're wondering. Your heart is cold towards him. Third part of it. It hinders the spiritual development of others. This is a big one. Because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 9, God visits the iniquity of the parents upon the children even to the third generation. This is a serious iniquity. That's why Jesus, even in the Lord's Prayer, He said to forgive. Part of it is very crucial. It's in the core of Christianity. Forgiveness. And let it go of bitterness. Why? When God tells us not to do something or to do something, it's not for God, not for himself. It's for your good. He knows that if you have this thing in your life, it's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy your family. It's going to destroy your marriage. It's going to destroy your finances. It destroys everything. It's a killer. So we need to be aware of it and make sure that we take care of this one problem. We need to do that. Angela and I, we were in a conference in, a, in a, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or a Roberts University. All pastors. Pastors. Pastors need to watch out. I'm telling you. Pastors need to watch out. Pastors can get very bitter and still be spiritual on Sunday. True. And there was a message then. You know, we just started our church. Angela and I, we didn't have too much experience. So we were like looking around like, what is this all about? You know. And the man was preaching about forgiveness and bitterness. And how it will make people sick. It was a pastor's conference. ORU, Ora Roberts University. And these are good preachers. Creflo Dollar, everyone around. And you're thinking, oh, all these guys came from all around the country. These guys don't have that kind of stuff. Why is this preacher preaching like this? And before long, there were pastors crying. What? He says, I've been hurt. My members hurt me. They're bad. I took care of them. And they cussed me out all over the place. They stood up a lot of them. And I was looking and saying, Oh God, please don't give me members that hurt me. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get in this place. Wow, this is serious. And then after the man has preached, he said, There are many of you because of this you're sick. I said, Really? Sick pastors. They came to conference. This is interesting. I thought it was a joke. How many of you are sick? Many of them were sick. Guess what? From bitterness. And after prayer, and after they are forgiven, their enemies, guess what? Many of them were healed. So bitterness was keeping them sick. And they were preaching in their church, sick. It's very important. That's why God said, don't do, forgive. So that you can receive forgiveness. You want God to forgive you? Just forgive. And God will forgive you. Bitterness. Will affect not just yourself but others as well. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, looking carefully. Look at what it says. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Bitterness can make you fall short of God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. So, this scripture is telling us here, bitterness causes trouble. For who? Primarily for you, the one who is harboring bitterness, forgive. It's better for you. If you forgive, it's easy to have bitterness against your spouse. <laughs> That's not going anywhere. And that marriage is going to suffer. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. And we'll talk about how to get rid of this. It's very important. To me, it's important. Very important. Let any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, Many become defiled. Let's talk about how bitterness will discredit your witness. They'll see it at work. People know you're a Christian, but you're bitter. Let's quickly go so I can conclude this message because of time. How to overcome bitterness. First, choose to do it. For his sake. Amen? Choose to forgive, not because of the person, but because of him. Hang it on him. I'm forgiving just because of Jesus. Because of just him. Choose to forgive. This is what you should do. That's what I, my advice for you to do if you have it. Sit down. Bring that person that's hurt you in your imagination. As you're thinking about this person, all the feelings will rise up in you. How you feel about the hurt. That's normal because we're humans. When you start thinking about the person, it rises up. The one that's hurt you. And everything that's done to you comes up. And I want you to feel it. Feel the pain. And while you are feeling the pain... Say with your lips, loud, so you hear yourself. I forgive you because of Jesus. Amen? Say it with your mouth. I forgive you because of Jesus. You know why this is important? The day you can think of the person and what they have done to you and have no feeling of revenge, you're free. You're free. You can look them straight in the eye, still recognize what they've done, but the pain is not there. The poison is no longer there. You got rid of the poison. You're free. You're free to soar. So the, you can never get there unless you first make the choice to forgive. So choose because of what Jesus said, Choose to forgive this person, whoever that person is. And we're going to be doing it this morning, and many of us are going to be healed. 
Whoever has hurt you, think about it. You can forgive them today by choosing first to forgive. The next thing that you want to do is invest in the person that's hurt you for your freedom. Amen? Invest for your freedom. It's very important. Jesus puts it this way. Pray for your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Pray for them. You are investing. As you pray for them, you are free. That's why Jesus told us to do that. If you don't pray for them, you won't be free. It's not about them, it's about you. Get rid of the poison. Pray for them. Do good. Now, I had a, a roommate back, back in school that really hurt me. And, I mean, he was so bad. This guy spoke so badly of me. Uh, I, sometimes in church I was wondering who was thinking bad about me. Probably nobody, but that's the way I felt. And I hated this guy. I'm telling you, I slept with him in my mind. I wanted to kill him. We were Christian brothers. At, at, and when we go to church, hey, brother, I'll hug him. Uh, while I'm hugging him, I'm, I feel like killing you, you know. But I was spiritual. Most nights, it was hard to sleep. Because this guy was, I mean, he was, he was funny. I mean, he did so many things. I mean, this is one of the things he did. He said, God, I want to pray for all of these people. He had this in the notes. Uh, those that don't have the love of God in their heart. Number one, good luck was number one. <laughs> and, and he left it on the desk where I could see it. It wasn't funny. He left it the board where there is no way I could miss it. This guy, I mean, he, he actually, um, I think you knocked the engine of a car. I mean, he knocked my car, the, car, the engine of my car. So foreigner. There was no way for me to buy another car. I couldn't work. And then when I got, I said, why did you, I told you, radiator was bad and, and you drove it hard. And he was mad at me for getting mad. And talked about how he's not truly a Christian. I felt like killing this fellow. But one day I was working in my, in, doing my research, you know. That's what happens. But it got me so bad, I carried him everywhere I went. It was in my heart. I wanted to kill this guy so bad. God killed him for me and that kind of stuff. And, and then I was doing my research and God said to me, he said, uh, um, this fellow, he mentioned his name. He said in my heart, he's now your Lord and Master. I said immediately back up. I didn't know. It's like if somebody spoke to me. He said, this fellow, I'm not going to mention his name. He's now your Lord and Master. I said, anybody but him. No. And he, God's gentle voice said, yeah, he is. He is your Lord and Master. I said, no, 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 no. No, he cannot. I don't want any Lord and Master of this kind of guy, fellow. No. And God said, what is the last thing you think about before you really sleep? I had to admit, it's him. And God said, now when you open your eyes, the first thing before you pray in the morning, who is the first person you're thinking of? Okay. Yes, it's him. 
He said, I told you, he's now your Lord and Master. I said, oh, Lord, uh, anybody but him. I'll do anything that you want me to do just to get rid of this Lord and Master. I don't want him. And God, I started confessing my sin. And God forgave me. And then God said, this part I'm coming to you with, he said, buy him tennis shoes. I said, God, you know, he already knocked my car. I, I had to scrape to pay for it. And you've heard him saying he needed tennis shoes, didn't you? Yeah. Buy him tennis shoes. Oh, oh, oh. Invest. Invest. Okay? On the one that hurt you. Amen? Invest. This, I didn't want to invest at all. So I went and got him this nice tennis shoes. And I'm thinking... If I give it to him, this will be another point where he goes off again, insulting me and cursing me out. Why did you buy these tennis shoes? You're thinking to bribe me? Or what are you doing? And I said, oh God, this is going to be hard. So I bought him the tennis shoes. I need my freedom. Amen? I needed my freedom. I gave him the tennis shoes. He said to me, you bought me tennis shoes? I said, yes, sir. I heard you saying you needed tennis shoes. So, I bought you these tennis shoes. Uh, he was saying, you mean you bought me tennis shoes? In my mind, here we go again. <laughs> He's going to finish me up today. You see, God, see, you put me in this. He, he said, you really bought me tennis shoes? I said, yes. I heard you saying you needed tennis shoes. So, I bought you the shoes. We were three roommates then. So he left me and went to... Uh, the other guy, he listened to everything that was going on. He went to the guy, he says, Hey, dog! He said, Yeah. He said, uh, Good luck, bought me tennis shoes. And the other guy said, Why? <laughs> Why? And I went in my room. I know they're saying, He's a hypocrite. He knows he hates him. And uh, the other guy said, he bought me, he repeated it. He just bought me some brand tennis shoes. And the other guy went back again. I wonder why he did that. <laughs> why? And I, I was in my room, and then finally this guy asked so many, so many questions about why. And then he said to him, the one who shot me, he said, I guess he loves me. I got my freedom. Amen? I got my freedom. I was free. And God healed that relationship. We became so close. Nobody knew what had happened. It was a good relationship. I remember after he graduated, he was in pharmacy. He got a job. I was still there studying, came work. He would get his salary. He would write a check to his friend to help me with school. This stuff is good. You can forgive. You can forgive. God healed him, healed me. Thank God that he helped me. Would you forgive this morning? Stand up with me. Sometimes we don't want to acknowledge what's going on. The first thing is to acknowledge there's a problem. If you're going to solve it. And there is no shame. Every one of us has been offended. If you feel like there's somebody 
that you need to forgive. I don't want to know what's happening. You just want to let go. Or in your mind, you just want everything to be cleared between you and your God. Would you join me up here at the front? Come on. Let's come. Come up. We're going to get God. Walk with us today. And some people are going to be healed this morning. If you feel like you needed, you needed to forgive somebody for what they've done to you, maybe what they've said to you, what's hurt you, today is your day of freedom. Please, let go. Let God free us today so that we can be what He has created us to be. He is here with us today. The Lord God is here. And He will heal. We want to live a life of forgiveness. That's the rest of us. Jesus said it very clearly. Peter asked Jesus, How often should my brother offend me in a day and I forgive him? Seven times? That's my son. I forgive you. Peter said, how often will my brother offend me in a day and I forgive? And he, Peter himself, he, was, he had a short fuse. He figured seven times is long enough. That's enough. And Jesus said, 70 times seven. You know how long? One day. In one day. 70 times seven. What is Jesus saying to us? Live a life of forgiveness. Just let go. Do what you have to do. Let go. Just let go. And let God be God. Today, for those of us that are standing here, please close your eyes. And let's do what what we've done. Bring that person, whoever that is. Whoever that is. Bring that person before your mind and think about what they've done to you and know this works it does work and after this all you need to do is pray for them as you see this person before your eyes right now thinking about what they've done to you the feelings are there maybe you've dealt with it before but not quite you still needed complete freedom but you can see that person what they've done to you Spend a little bit of time thinking about what they've done. Jesus is here with us today. We're not in a hurry because it's a time of healing. And then tell them as you see them using your imagination. For Jesus' sake, I forgive you. For Jesus' sake, I forgive you. For Jesus' sake, I forgive you. I hold nothing more against you. I let go of this. I forgive you. What I need you to do is say a prayer of blessing upon this person. If you know their name, say the name and say, I bless this person. That's what Jesus told us. We are believers. Tell 
Tell Jesus, you want this person blessed. You want this person blessed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please give a cleanness to someone else, friend. You see, you're taking back your freedom this morning. No devil, no person can hold you back. No one can hold back your destiny. Your destiny right now is in your own hands. Because God has delivered it up to you, given it to you. Nobody directs that anymore. Because you let go. You let go. God has no choice but to bless you. Because you listen to his voice. You listen to his voice. You listen to his heartbeat this morning. And you gave love. Instead of hatred, instead of bitterness, you gave love. And God's going to bless you. Release them. Release them. Those of you up here, would you lift your hand up? Look at me and look up here. Say it with your mouth so you hear yourself. I release this person. You know him or her, I release. And you can say the name. It's better to say the name. Because when you say it, the heavens hear it. Everybody knows. The angels know. The demons know. God knows. The angels know. Everyone knows. And you're free. You're free. Release them now. Say with me, I release. Now mention the name of the person. I release. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now that's what Jesus said. If you forgive, my Father in heaven will also forgive. You are being forgiven right now. God doesn't hold anything against you anymore. The bitterness is gone. And the healing is beginning to take place. The healing is beginning to take, to take its place in your life. God's healing you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for these that have come up here today. Thank you for healing and for helping them to let go of this that have hindered them. But now they are free both emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. In every way they are free to serve you and to serve your fellow man. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.